0: Everyone for joining us on the Live in West Texas podcast brought to you by the Amarillo Pioneer. And we are excited. Right now, in the middle of election season, we are speaking to the candidates, finding out where they stand on the issues. And tonight we are speaking to a man who may just be the next leader of this great city, Mr. Michael Hunt. He is a local catering company owner, a businessman, an educator, uh, an all-around great guy, and he is challenging Amarillo Mayor Ginger Nelson in the May 1st election. We're going to find out where he stands on the issues and a little bit about his background here in just a moment. But before we get started, Michael, how are you this evening, sir?
1: Very well. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I know it's been a busy campaign so far. I've seen your yard signs all over town. And, uh, you know, it seems like people are really plugged in and they're really paying attention this year. And that is great news. Have you gotten that sense as well, being on the campaign trail?
1: Thomas, I have had such a huge response from everybody that I have talked to about this. Uh, my running for for mayor, um, it has been incredible. Um, I, I can't believe how many people that I've uh, when I'm putting out signs and talking to people that have asked for them. I go by and visit with them. I mean, they're just. They're just excited about it. And uh, so I'm very grateful for that response. And I think that there is definitely a feeling that there should be some some change in the, the city government right now. And, uh, and that's what I'm offering my services to do.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about your background. Everybody knows you are the catering company owner in the race for mayor, but what else can you tell us about yourself and why did you decide to run for mayor this year?
1: Well, I have been cooking semi-professionally for 25 years for people. And I've just recently, four years ago, I retired uh, from education. Uh, that was one of my primary careers I did. Uh, I was outside sales, my first guy out of college. And then I went back and got a uh, degree in education through the PACE program at West Texas. And I taught at the PACE. Uh, new unit, which is recently shut down here in Amarillo as part of the prison system, helping individuals that wanted to increase their ability to survive in society once they got out with education and help them get GEDs. And then I spent four years at, at in, with Amarillo Independent School District. They recruited me out to uh, work on their uh, alternative education program, which was dealing with uh kids kindergarten through fifth grade who were having difficulty in school and ended up getting suspended and uh me and a, a partner we worked with them and and tried to find out what's going on and try to keep them up to date on their schoolwork and keep them going and get them back into class as soon as we could and uh That's kind of what I did for uh, until like four years ago Then I said I've run this. I have a barbecue catering company. I also do just pretty much any type of catering, but that's primarily my thing. I'm well-known in town for my brisket, full pork, and homemade banana, the homemade bread pudding. And what I am looking to do is to take that other experience that I've had working with having to work within a budget, working in situations that are with there's a lot of very difficult decisions to be made, and sticking to it, and using my uh, ability to handle that to help the city of Amarillo and, and be a leader as we go into this next next decade.
0: Well, I, I do want to also ask you about this. You know, um, I know something that you brought up around the time you announced your campaign uh, was a group that you have catered to and worked with in the past year our local healthcare workers and our local first responders on the the line, the front lines of healthcare I guess during the middle of the pandemic you've catered for them uh, has that has that given you a different perspective um, on the sacrifices of the healthcare workers than you had uh, before the whole pandemic started
1: uh, yes thomas uh working I've worked very close with um, the frontline people in the medical for the last four years and I tell you they are just fantastic they have been so strong in this and I've really been so happy to be a part of uh, a team. you know to feed them uh, for lunch uh, and, and just get to know them and and see what they're doing because you know it's it's, it's been extremely difficult on them uh, with all this going on and they have been just excellent to work with, and I, I'm very proud to be a part of that and, and very happy I have a chance to actually you know, feed them lunch and, uh, and to get to know them.
0: Well, let's get into the issues of this election. Uh, first off, you know the candidates are talking about a lot of different issues that are on the forefront of what's happening in this community. Why don't you just tell everyone for a moment, what are some of the top priorities that you want to tackle if you are elected mayor to lead the city?
1: Well, Thomas, I feel like that probably one of the biggest issues is fiscal responsibility with the taxes. I've been hearing from people that they are just not happy at all with the way things have been going with that and that they want to get their taxes lowered and they want to look at at what being what the money is being spent on and and that's something i want to address immediately and there's also been some concerns i've been hearing from people about some of the city services uh that could be could be improved um i've actually talked with uh some people working in solid waste and and uh and talked to them in fact yesterday about you know what how they were Approaching the thing because there's apparently some concern. A lot of people are concerned about these trash cans that they have now, and uh, I, I want to look at that and see and and see how we can you know work through that and and see where it goes um, with it because I know we've committed a lot of money to that, but I don't know really um, where we d- direction we need to go is go back to the you know I know the dumpsters are, and the alleys are an issue um, with the city, and it's something we need to look at with that.
0: Let's talk uh, for a moment about a really hot issue that people are talking about right now, and for good reason. Uh, Right now, that issue is taxpayer-funded lobbying. Uh, So as many people may know who read The Pioneer, uh, the city of Amarillo has been paying lobbyists with tax dollars to lobby on different issues in Austin over the past few election cycles, sorry, legislative cycles, including uh, the 2019 legislative cycle. In fact, right now we also have lobbyists in Austin for the 2021 legislative cycle. Uh, But where the real rub comes is when you see how much the city has been paying the lobbyists. According to Transparency USA, the city of Amarillo has spent a maximum of $465,000 per session to pay lobbyists. There's one lobbyist on the city of Amarillo payroll, who between her multiple tax funded clients could be making over $1 million a year. So Michael, uh, my question is, what are your thoughts on taxpayer funded lobbying? And is that a practice that you would like to see continue or a practice you would like to see ended if you're elected mayor?
1: Well, this just came to light to me recently, and I tell you what, I have... <laughs> that is something that would be eliminated immediately if, I was, if I'm was—if elected, because I, I don't see the point of that um, at all, and if we need to talk to somebody in Austin, we can go down there ourselves and do it, as uh, leaders of the city, and do what we can with it, and I, uh, I was appalled to find out how much it was that we were paying, and now, that would be that, that will definitely be off the table if, if I'm elected.
0: Well, let's also talk about uh, another key issue, uh, which is debt. Uh, this goes into the financial uh, concerns as well. As everyone knows, the current Amarillo City Council tried to pass the largest bond election, largest singular bond election in Amarillo history last year uh, when they put a $275 million issue on the ballot. The debt just continues to go up, it seems like, and certificates of obligation were issued by this city council to build a water park uh, last year in the middle of the pandemic. So my question is, you know, there has been a lot of discussion about debt issuances, about uh, the rising tax rates. Uh, what is, What are your thoughts on the rising debt? Uh, do you think that the city of Amarillo should just continue to use certificates of obligation to fund these projects they don't want to put in front of voters um, or should they take a step back and actually exercise some fiscal responsibility on these issues?
1: Well, Thomas, I really feel that we need to take a step back and look where we're at. Um, From what I'm understanding, we do not have the the money to do these things and I, I do not want to put that on the taxpayers unless they really want to vote on it and talk about it because and I I think there's other things that need to be looked at more like in the, as far as infrastructure uh, increasing and improving with the, our first uh, responders the police and the fire departments I think the money could that if you know that money should be spent more on them than on these these projects that, that they keep coming up they're trying to put down and, and get in front of, and they're not really, you know, put in front of everybody that, uh, you know, the one bill, the, the civic center thing got shot down heavily the last election cycle. And uh, that the people said, no, we didn't want to spend that money. And so I think that the people that I've been talking to, they're wanting me and anybody else that gets elected in this cycle to actually be more focused on the more day-to-day things, the infrastructure, uh, roads, police, fire, everything like that, that needs to be addressed before we look at anything else like that. And especially once we get through this pandemic and this, and this thing that, we, that we've got that's going on, it's actually, you know, reduced our economy so much that, um, and reduced how much we can spend. We need to look at something different and just kind of pull back and, and look at that.
0: So your opponent, Mayor Ginger Nelson, is promising that if she gets elected, she will provide Internet access at no cost citywide. I assume that uh, there's going to have to be some debt that gets issued for that because I'm not sure how they would ever do that for free. Uh, so the question is, is that something you would support issuing debt for, to provide free Internet across the city?
1: Absolutely not. That is, that's, that's something that uh, the city shouldn't be involved in. In my opinion, and if you're, if you know, especially right now, I, I don't think that's something that, especially if there has to be debt to be issued for it, no way, on that at all.
0: Well, I do want to uh, dig a little bit into the issue you mentioned, I think a little while ago, and that is. The trash collection, there's a lot of questions right now about the trash collection in Amarillo, a lot of concerns about it. What do you think about the system right now, and uh, what do you want to do to improve the system on the city council?
1: Well, talking with some of the individuals that actually came by my house, they're my my trash collecting guys, and talked to them about it, they explained to me some of the things that's going on and what they're trying to do with what the resources they have. Um, I think a lot of the buildup on trash is because I don't think we have enough trucks that are going around and doing the alley since we've moved everything to being, you, you put it in your front yard and then, and then call solid waste and then they come by and get it, which they've been very efficient on at least in the, one of the things I've been working with them on. But apparently there's still a lot of people putting trash in the alleys by the dumpsters. That's not being picked up because I don't, they don't have enough resources, I think, to actually come by and get a lot of um, it. from what I understand from talking with them, they've got three or four trucks so that's all they do. But for the whole city, that there may be needs some more to do with that. And um that is really gonna come down onto the the people, you know, just in the town that need to kind of realize where they need to do it and I guess there maybe you need more information out there to them. To let them know how to handle the situation and what to do with it. And, um, uh,
0: okay. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's also discuss another major issue. And, uh, this issue has to deal with the way that the current city government is comprised the way it works for local citizens, and that is right now we have at-large seats on the Amarillo City Council. Uh, There are no single-member districts, which means if you live in a certain area of Amarillo, you don't have one dedicated representative for you. So, Mr. Hunt, you know, this is something that a lot of people have discussed uh, which is single-member districts. Uh, of course, it looks like most of the challengers are for single-member districts. It looks like most of the incumbents are, uh, shall we say, not being totally clear as to what their actual position is on the issue. In your case, is that something you would support, single-member districts?
1: Absolutely. I, I think that's some that's an idea that, uh, that, that needs to be addressed. And I, I feel like... Amarillo would be better served if we did have people from um, different quadrants that that were elected by the people that live in those areas and then maybe have an additional one or two, depending on what we look at, that are at large that are elected. But I I think that this is something that will be addressed immediately um, when We come into this next election afterwards, and uh, I've I've looked into it, and I've I've looked at what uh, some other places are doing, and I think it it would be a benefit to the city to have that, and I think the people would feel better represented that
0: way. Uh, let's also talk about another issue dealing with the way elections are held in Amarillo, and that is the date of the elections. So right now, elections in Amarillo are held in May of odd-numbered years. We often have a pretty low turnout. Um, you know, some <laughs> cycles it's been 8%. I think the highest I've heard it's been was 15%. Uh, so, it you know, it's not a great turnout. But with that being said, certain cities, such as El Paso, uh, such as Lubbock in the, the past year. Other cities, many in South Texas, of course, are having their elections in November of even number of years. So basically, what that means is you have the election for mayor and city council at the same time that you pick your president, that you pick your governor and your congressman and everyone like that. So you might have, instead of a 12% turnout, you know, at best you're going to probably have somewhere between a 30 and 50% turnout. And so, you know, it's a much larger population of voters who come out to vote. Uh, that idea of moving Amarillo's elections to come into line with many other cities in Texas that have figured out you get an increased voter turnout and more people participating when you move the election dates, um, that movement in Amarillo has really gained momentum over the past two years. And that is an issue a lot of challenger support this year. So I was wondering, uh, in your case, do you support moving the election dates uh, to even numbered years to coincide with the presidential and the governor elections in Texas?
1: Absolutely, Thomas. I I think that's kind of a no-brainer. you hit on one of the big points about it, that you will increase voter participation dramatically on the local uh, level. That you know, we were You know, people don't really come out as much, and and for for these type of elections when it's just the city, and um, you know Amarillo College and the school board, they just don't come out as much. But if we have them, then we will increase participation dramatically, and it will also cut costs because we don't have to spend the money to have that election at an odd time. We can put it together with what we're doing on those even years and just have it all done at one time. The, the only thing I have seen researching this is that people had said that it watered down the, uh, the local issues when they had it at the same time with the state and the national. But I don't really think that's I don't, I don't think that's really a very valid uh, argument anymore. And uh, I, I think that it really, if you have everybody doing it at the same time, it will, like I say, increase participation dramatically, and it will save money. So I, don't, I think it's kind of a no-brainer, really, to do it.
0: Yes, well, that's, uh, no, that is a great point, and that is hopefully why we're going to have that discussion quite a bit more. Uh, one more final issue-based topic I want to touch on. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, is where you stand on the no-kill shelter. Of course, I don't have to repeat to you the horrors that we have seen in animal management and welfare, uh, not just over the past four years, but really over the past decade. Um, And, you know, it's happened quite a bit over the past four years, where everyone probably remembers in 2018, there was a Pregnant dog that was euthanized while in labor. Uh, the city refused to accept responsibility for it, and then later said, "Yes, they did do that, and it was inappropriate." But the dog was a party to the biting, even though the dog didn't actually bite anyone. I I wonder if the dog drove a getaway car, but you know that's that's neither here nor there. But you know, you have you have uh, pet owners who their pet gets picked up uh, by animal control and. The pet is euthanized while it has been uh, tagged for reclaim, you know. And so there's been a lot of issues that have been happening over the past few years. The mayor and city council, of course, have not addressed those issues. Now uh, the city council, they're saying, oh, we'll reelect us and we're going to do something about it. Uh, That seems a little iffy to me. But where do you stand on the no-kill shelter? Of course, for anyone who doesn't know, no-kill means a 10% or less rate for dogs and cats that are euthanized when they come into the shelter. So on that particular issue, this is something a lot of people have discussed over the past few years. It's something that a lot of animal rescue advocates and activists want. Uh, It's something that city manager Jared Miller himself even said is sustainable. So, where do you stand on that issue? Is that something that you would support in Amarillo?
1: Well, Thomas, I am so biased about that. It's not funny. Well, I, my, uh, I have a nine-year-old schnauzer that we actually rescued um, from the the shelter uh, when she was probably about a year old, and um, and we always, from now on, we've already decided we're going to bring all of our any more furry pet or furry children in the family is going to come from the shelter and and we uh i uh, am all for getting a no-kill situation and i've heard the same things you just mentioned and i've looked into it from another perspective on in some research and places that have it and what they've done to do it and i think that's something that really should have been addressed a long time ago And I I feel very strongly about that, that we we need to do what we can to get that done as soon as
0: possible. So for anyone listening to this who hasn't paid attention to the race so far, there are four candidates on the ballot this year for mayor. Um, it, you know, I think many pundits are kind of agreeing that the primary two candidates are the incumbent and Mr. Hunt, uh, but election day is still a little ways to go. For anyone who's looking at the race, they're saying, I'm not really sure who to support yet. Uh, you know, it's just all kind of out in the open for me. I, I really don't know any candidates. I, I'm not sold on anyone. Why don't you give them your elevator pitch and tell them why you are the candidate that they need to vote for on May 1st?
1: Okay. Thank you, Thomas. Yes, um, I'll just tell you right now, the reason I'm running is because I love Emerald. This town has been wonderful for me um, since I came back about 32, 33 years ago. And I have just fallen in love with the place. again. I grew up in Canyon and uh, Amarillo is like my second home growing up. And when I got to come back to it and to start my you know, work career and be here, everybody's just been so wonderful. I really love the people. And I, what I'm doing this for is to give back to the community what they've given to me. No matter what your issues are, whatever your situation is, I'm looking at this as I'm there to serve you and be your mayor for all of Amarillo. And that's why I'm doing it, is to do that. And uh, I feel like that's not a direction we've been going the last four years or longer. And I'm just giving you all a a chance to change that direction if that's what you want. And I'm here to serve you and I'll put everything into it, just like I do my cooking. I will be just as just as enthusiastic about it and hard going because I really believe in Amarillo and I think I can make a difference.
0: If somebody wants to find out more about you, where can they go to do that?
1: Well, I have a
0: place that's uh,
1: michaelforamarillo.com and also have a Facebook uh, page. And you can actually call me if you want to talk to me or text me. Text me is better. But you can reach me, 677-4543. If you want to discuss something or set up a meeting, I'd be happy to talk to you.
0: And they can also call you for a yard sign, right? Absolutely. I would love, I have, I, I
1: need, I'm really trying to get some more out, trying to get that done right now. So yes, if you want a yard sign, please just text me the address and I will bring it to you.
0: Well, Michael Hunt, we appreciate you being with us. We'll be sure to have you on again before Election Day. But as we said, Election Day is May 1st. Early voting is going to begin in mid-April. I want to think it's April 19th, but I could be totally wrong on that. Uh, But either way, whether you vote by mail or you vote early, or you vote on election day, just make sure you get out and vote. Michael, thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll have you on again before the election, okay?
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.